Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 304 with our review of Wish I Was Here. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week we are talking about some kickstarted action here. This is the new Zach Braff film. Um... Are, are you the only one on this podcast, Stephen, that uh, backed this project? Yes, I am. And I'm, uh, I'm either questioning that decision or very happy about that decision. We'll find out soon. <laughs> I, I do have to say, though, at the end of it, they showed in the credits a list of Kickstarter backers. Yeah. And my name wasn't in that list. Uh-oh. And I know I put in, like, $200 in this movie or something ridiculous. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know why I did it. I'm not proud of that decision. But I, t- <laughs> I put in enough. I thought maybe you would, like, you know, just gave out, like, 25 bucks or something. I put in enough to get two tickets to see a screening with Zach Braff in L.A., which I didn't go to. <laughs> what? Well, I'm glad you used it wisely. <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, that that's uh, Kickstarter money <laughs> to good effect, I guess. Yeah, I but, but was it, it some it kind of me... thing where it was only like certain people above, like a, who who donated a certain amount, got to be in the credits? Or... Yeah, but I mean, there was a long list of people at the end, mm. and I can't believe all of them paid more than that much to have their name in the credits. Like that would be mm. maybe. <laughs> I don't Maybe know. Maybe they could. Maybe what, since what, you didn't go to the screening, he decided. Yeah, yeah he, last F, F. Stephen Miller. No, but I had, taking him I off. had a friend. A friend went in my stead. Oh, oh maybe her name was in it. <laughs> <laughs> it was whoever put their name on. Uh, whoever showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's they super... thought they thought she was Stephen Miller. So what, were those? Was the list of names in the credits? Uh, was it alphabetical or was it? Yeah, it, it was alphabetical by first name. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, so Steven was saying, "Wish I was here when he saw the credits." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I was in the on credits. the credits. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so obviously we were all uh, we are all you know aware of this Kickstarter project. Uh, do you, do you are you anti Kickstarter, Carson, or did you just not want to kickstart this project? Uh, no, I think it's fine that he went on Kickstarter and uh, tried to get the or made this movie happen. I mean, obviously, you were interested in seeing this film in in general. I mean, yeah. just based on comments with you, but I mean, you didn't. I I didn't I was asking go. More in, I didn't go the, fund it. No, I didn't. You know, I didn't donate any money to it, and I don't know why. I just didn't really. I don't know. All right. For the same reason that I did donate money, I don't know why it just happened. I mean, I, I, mean, I feel like I should have, you know, but I, I maybe like a couple bucks, but I just didn't. I mean, I think it was just because. I saw that, like, he was going to hit his, you know, number in, like, record time. So I was like, all right, he's doing okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess that's kind of a shitty excuse. But uh, so basically it was like it was like the parable of, like, the, the king or whatever that wants to have the party and everybody's supposed to pour their wine into the fountain. And everybody's like, eh, I can just put water in there because everybody else is going <laughs> to pour wine into the fountain. And then at the end they tap it and just water comes out. I mean, it's- yeah. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not opposed to to uh, Kickstarter. Like, I mean, if Zach Braff and Spike Lee want to get on Kickstarter to fund their movies, then fine. I mean, it's like it's not like they can't. I mean, so yeah, I don't completely understand the backlash. I know like you can construct a narrative where he's just taking money from people instead of yeah getting investments. But I, 
in money terms, it wasn't that much money that he took, right? It was just like a couple million dollars. Yeah, I think it was like four million when it was all, and I think he was asking for like two or something. And and the fans wanted to do it at the time. Maybe right. most of them changed their mind a few days later, like but, me. I mean, <laughs> but like it, it's the same thing with uh, same thing with Veronica Mars movie, like. If the fans wanted it, and they clearly did, then, like, let them do it. Like, why not? Well, that, that that's... I, I wasn't... I... You, you know, you, you jumped into this conversation quicker before I had a chance to, uh, you know, to, to restate the question. But I was more asking you personally why you didn't back this project. I mean, I, I, I personally backed uh, the Veronica Mars project because I was a huge fan of the show. And, you know, obviously the show went off the air. And just... As soon as somebody was like, you know, there's, you know, they've been talking about wanting to do a movie forever. And then as soon as it was like, oh, I can help make that movie possible. I was like, hell yeah. And I jumped on board and I backed that. Um, and I was excited too. And I was happy, you know, enough with the way it turned out. Uh, this film, I like, it was one of those things where I heard it was a Kickstarter project. And because this wasn't technically a property that I, I mean, sh- sure, you can, you know, technically make the argument that Zach Graff himself is a property. Um, and yeah. you can kind of assume what type of film he's going to make. But I didn't even go to the project page to look at what the movie was about. I just had no interest in backing it. Um, so I, I, that's, I was just more curious um, if you have backed things ever in your life um, or like because I, you know, I had to tell myself to stop backing things on Kickstarter because <laughs> I was like super addicted to just like finding all these things like this game should be a possibility. I'm going to give them money. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just I don't have an excuse. I I'm uh, any excuse I have will be will be a bad one. But I feel like I should have. Like I well, really well, should have, considering I really love Garden State and wanted to see Zach Braff make another movie. Um, I I feel like I, I would have been I would have felt really bad if like it didn't get funded. And I'm like, oh, I could have been the even though. I probably yeah. would only donated. I wouldn't have donated as much as Steven, but maybe like... <laughs> well, yeah, I donated for everyone on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, there you go. There you go. Steven donated enough for the three of us and our favorite listeners. <laughs> right, <Yes>. exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, really, he paid to make this episode possible. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the best would be if like this movie was just $50 over getting funded and your 200 made it possible. <laughs> or, anyway, or, it was, or, uh, or it was fifty dollars short, and my fifty dollars could have made it possible. My fifty dollars <laughs> made Donald Faison get to show up in a fancy car, <laughs> and that's really what it's all about. That's true, pretty much. Well, uh, what do you say we start uh, or stop shooting shit, and uh, we get into this review and let everybody know what we thought of this film? All right, cool. We're gonna take a listen to the trailer for "Wish I Was Here." And uh, then come back and let you know what we thought of the film. Damn it! Swear jar! The swear jar is all the money we have to send you to college. So you should be happy I curse. Well, if you can curse, then we all can curse. Is that what you want? For the next minute only, you can curse. Then Harry Balls. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna be laid up for a while. I'm gonna need you to watch Kogel. So much bad news all at once. What about my dream? I mean, doesn't God believe in my pursuit of happiness? No. Well, thank you. This is our father. You have to rally with me. Absolutely not. 
happening? This. Oh what my God. You let her shave her face. No. I was just innocently playing video games with the boy one. Tucker. Tucker, great kid. Anyone you want, just as long as it's unique and amazing like you. Your boys will remember this time for the rest of their lives. It will shape who they are as men. We both spent our entire lives wishing we could be something great. And now we're finally called upon to do something that requires some actual bravery. Now, kids, it's really about what it sounds like when you floor it from a full stop. There will be no flooring it from a full stop. No, sir. Thank you. I'm scared. I know. I want you to jump in. I'm going to be here for you. When we were kids, my brother and I used to pretend that we were heroes, the only ones who could save the day. But maybe we're just the regular people, the ones who get saved. All right, so uh, that was the trailer for Wish I Was Here. It is a story of, you know, a character played by Zach Braff who, you know, he's he's an actor who isn't getting so much work. And, uh, you know, he gets some news that... Maybe there's some stuff going on in his family that, uh, you know, can add a little stress on top of the fact that, uh, you know, he's not getting work and, you know, life's hard and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that that's the basic premise of the film. So, Carson, why don't you just jump in and let us know what you thought? Um, well, like I mentioned just a couple seconds ago, like, I really loved Garden State, um, legitimately. I know that, like, over the years, there's been, like, a backlash and uh against it but uh man i remember seeing eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and they showed the teaser for garden state in front of that and uh if you remember the teaser for it it was just really cool it was very striking it was just like i need to see this movie like it was very different and unique and uh yeah like and i remember seeing the movie and and uh like really really loving it so uh, and, and I was excited, you know, over the years, I was like, I don't know why Zach Braff hasn't made another movie. And, uh, cause I thought, you know, that was like a very, uh, very like strong debut, like for an actor turned director. And, um, I was excited to see what he was going to do next. Yeah. And, um, you know, it took 10 years to do, uh, to, you know, to make his sophomore feature, but, uh. I'm I'm glad he got his I I'm glad he went to Kickstarter. I'm glad he got it funded and um I feel like I am going to be alone <laughs> in my opinion on this movie, but uh I I don't see the hate. Like I I enjoyed it. Like I think it's an uneven film for sure. It's not perfect by any stretch and it's certainly not as good as Garden State, but uh I don't think he was trying to you know go for uh garden state too but and in in terms of visually at least i mean maybe in terms of like like a spiritual sequel but uh 
I, I think that, like he was definitely trying to go for a different different beast altogether. But uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, and I I, th- I commend him for that because he easily could have just done another Garden State, and um, we would have all loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing; he couldn't have easily done another Garden State. Like I don't think anyone in 2014 would have liked it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm just I'm just saying in terms of like like visually and. Uh, like in the same kind of style, um, I think that people would have really uh, criticized it for being the same. But um, I, I don't know. Like I, I think that uh, this movie kind of reminded me of how I felt about uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, where um, I don't know. I just didn't see the hate. Like I feel like that movie had a really low score on Rotten Tomatoes, and this movie has like a thirty-seven percent. Also, I think they were around the same percentage ratings. But I mean. That was the same way. I kind of felt the same way about that film was that, yeah, it was uneven, but uh, I don't know. It just had a really, it had a very positive tone to it, and it was a very enjoyable film, and uh, I thought it was a very well-made and well-done film, and sometimes that's just all you need, and uh, I felt like Wish I Was Here is uh, in the same vein. Like, I feel like it's uh, it's well-made, and it's well-acted, and it's it's a it's an enjoyable character-driven film, uh, especially coming off of uh, Dawn of the Apes last week, where we got some of the worst characters uh, of the summer. <laughs> I, I, I've not listened to that episode yet. How heated? How heated was? The it actually wasn't. Argument. I think I think we accepted the fact that we were going to be on opposing ends. Was yeah, it a must see, must I think, avoid? I think split? the episode was was very civil. Um, we definitely had very different opinions of the film, but I think we discussed it in, in probably the civilest way we've discussed any <laughs> film to date. I think I wow. just went in knowing knowing that it would be that way. But yeah, it was a must-see, must-avoid split. Hmm. Um, so. but, <laughs> Steven's I like, wonder who was on which set. <laughs> <laughs> it was the opposite. Uh, dun, dun, dun. But uh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that uh, it was nice to see... Uh, see good characters in 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 the film and uh and you know i think zach braff is a i i I like him as a as a leading guy like i mean i always liked him on scrubs i thought it was funny and um you know in garden state as well uh but i and in here i think he's a presence like i i'm just i don't know like i think he he should act more but maybe he doesn't want to he's like the character in the movie he can't get the roles i don't know but uh but yeah, like I think that, he's, that's, that's I think why he's he goes a strong Kickstarter. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think he's a strong presence, and I think he's a good filmmaker too. Like I think he has a good uh, visual eye, and uh, yeah, like I, I just think that, that you know he knows what he's doing, and and uh, like I said, obviously it's not a perfect film, but uh, I appreciated its uh, its character drivenness and. Uh, it's upbeatness and obviously it has a good soundtrack so i'll throw it to steven for now all right steven mm-hmm. you talk some sense into carson <laughs> yeah well i mean i don't i think chris might be the most vehement about the movie um <laughs> so like like carson i did like garden state quite a bit when it came out i'm i wouldn't say i'm a part of the hipster backlash of it but i would say i probably wouldn't want to watch it again but i i was a fan of it at the time um I was definitely a fan of Scrubs too, all the way through. I, I still, I think that aged well. Like I still rewatch it and like yeah. quite a bit of that uh, that TV show. 
not the ninth season, but you no, know, not, everything not else. interns or whatever. Um, but somehow after after backing this, I already kind of had a feeling that maybe I'd made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> When I thought through the ramifications of, like, what kind of movie would Zach Braff make after 10 years of not working with the warm, cozy love of all of his fans behind him. Um, and the answer is basically what we got, which was, like Carson said, a really happy movie, definitely. I mean, Zach Braff is very earnest, <laughs> and, and I almost... I don't want to kick him when he's down like I, I feel kind of bad insulting it because I know his <laughs> I know his heart is in the right place uh, <clears throat> for this movie but I would say it definitely did not dig deep in any direction like were more so than Secret Life of Walter Mitty like Walter Mitty didn't really have major epiphanies it substituted it with a nice soundtrack but at least it had like big visuals, and it was kind of exhilarating to watch. Yeah. Um, this had the same like soundtrack-driven epiphany moment, but everything that happened in the movie, as far as I was concerned, was like extremely cliched dialogue uttered back and forth by crying people. It was really not. <laughs> and and I think it's those like brathisms. In 30 seconds in the end of an episode of Scrubs, it's, like, nice. It would be refreshing to have because you've had, like, eight or nine years watching these characters grow together. But in a movie where it felt like just every ten minutes there was another crying crying dialogue between two people and another, like, slow motion kids playing in the pool and laughing and Zach Braff being a good dad. Um, yeah. It, it just didn't feel earned at all. <laughs> um and I think it could definitely trigger, it could tug on heartstrings if it wants to. And probably some people will have resonated with it. But I feel like he really substituted telling an interesting story for not really telling a story. <laughs> like, like it's a guy who doesn't know what he wants to do in his life. And by the end, he still doesn't know. But a rabbi told him that God <laughs> is the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm surprised he didn't tell him to listen to some uh, Jefferson Airplane as well. Yeah, didn't it, it? It felt a whole lot like a serious man, didn't it? The scene with the rabbi sitting in the office. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Except, I mean, except I, for not awesome. I thought it was maybe the exact same rabbi in the exact same office. I feel like the setting looked identical. But maybe every rabbi I think really every is. rabbi office looks like that. Yeah. yeah. They're, uh, yeah. But guys, well, but did, you know, and, did you know that YouTube's a thing? And there's cat videos. <laughs> Hey, man, he likes to watch cat videos, dude. <laughs> but but anyway, it was... I don't know. It had nice moments, and it did... It had some nice visuals. Like, you can you can tell that he knows how to frame a shot well. And there were a few things that were nice and quirky looking in isolation. But when taken as a whole, I don't know. I had... Every time I was starting to root for the movie again, and then, like, Kate Hudson would cry, or the little daughter would tell josh gad on the phone like we just need to be brave right now and we need to stick together and it <laughs> i don't know i it was too too precious for me the context I, I of that scene is pretty ridiculous too yeah yeah <laughs> i i definitely didn't hate the movie by any stretch i thought it was it was definitely not among the worst things i've seen this year but it, it just fell like, so short of anything I know he could have been capable of. 
like whatever he was aiming for it went for like a flaccid group hug <laughs> instead yeah um, yeah so it, it was just disappointing but i i would definitely not say i hated it uh chris how did you feel all right well uh first off i mean since this is the pattern that we're going through i i also loved uh garden state um I I don't even know that there's a a time-based backlash for the film. What what I honestly think it was is I think at the time you either loved it or hated it and now like in current day the only people who remember it are the people who hated it. Um the people who loved it are like, "Oh yeah, Garden State's a thing." Um so I I think it's just that like the people who had a fondness towards it have like just forgotten about that fondness and then the people who remembered are like, "Ugh, that movie." Um, I, I have not forgotten the fondness I have for it. Well, no, I, I, I'm, Never I'm just forget. saying that I don't think it's like <laughs> the people who had that fondness have now learned to hate it. I think it's just that they're not vocal anymore. So the only people you hear are the people who don't. And I think we that movie came out in a time where we were like our social groups, the dynamics of our social groups were built differently um, just because we were all younger. And, you know, when you're when you're younger, the yeah. The, you're you're more in with these groups of people that are like the same, you know. As you grow up and you, you get jobs that send you to weird places, all, like you become more diverse in your friend group. So I think that we sat in a sea of people who like the same. Like we were in our own. Uh, what's the, what the the void of crap? The tunnel of you know you know what the word I'm thinking of. Um, I don't I don't know e- echo chamber. That's the one. We were like sitting <laughs> in an echo chamber, like oh my god, Garden State is so awesome, and I think that. You still have people all over the place who feel that way. It's just that you're not sitting like you're going to encounter more people that don't like it now. Um, Is that the same your... echo chamber that everyone sits in about these apes movies that uh, really like it? No, that's I think, not an I echo think chamber. That's reality. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's why it has a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes because it's yeah. really good. Oh, it's fantastic, uh, both of them. Yeah. Um, anyways, so. But I, I think most of the people like Garden State, maybe back then, that then they they come to real, like they they liked it, but then they saw it again and then didn't. Like I feel like there's a lot of that. Like there's or, a lot of that maybe, sort of backlash. I don't know that it's liked it then didn't. It's more just liked it and then when they watch it again, it's like, eh, okay. It, yeah, it, it wasn't as what they maybe remember. it wasn't as monumental as it felt <laughs> at the time. Yeah, I I don't know, but I I think Chris is right. I don't think too many people loved it and now hate it. It's just there. The people who loved it don't care about it much anymore. Yeah, yeah. So e- e- either way, that uh, that's just kind of like the way I feel about. It. I just I haven't noticed the backlash. Like I I noticed some people talking about the backlash, but I've never directly heard the backlash. I've just heard people reference the fact that there is a backlash, um, which is why I've kind of arrived at that conclusion. But anyways, um, you know, sitting down. Watching this film, like I said, I didn't even go to the Kickstarter page to to look at what the film was or watch anything Zach Braff was saying about it. I would just like, oh, cool, he's making a thing. Maybe it'll be good. You know, literally the like the night before I was gonna go see the movie for this weekend is when we decided to go see this. Um, so I had you know zero expectations, positive or negative, going in. Uh, all I know is that it's a film and I'm gonna watch it. And, uh, you know, like the, even the people who were like having a backlash against the Kickstarter, their main backlash was that he could have made this on his own through other means. So it's not like I didn't go into the idea thinking, well, as a Kickstarter project, it's probably less of a movie because whatever. I just like, well, he could have done it without Kickstarter. He just chose to do it that way. So I my lens for viewing it was this is a normal movie. Uh, but all that being said, uh, 
Hi, my name is Christopher Schnazy, and today I'll be playing the role of Carson Patrick. Mm. And uh, I think this film is awful. Um, like, <laughs> awfully terrible, bad, bad, bad. Um, it's one of those things where, like, in every scene, it, like, it feels like Zach Braff sat down with a blank sheet of paper, wrote the opening and closing line of the film to, like, well, you know, when we were little, me and my brother pretended we were warriors in space with swords, blah, 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 blah. Um, it seems like he started with that, and then that was the only like idea he had for this movie and then just sort of filled in the rest of it as he went along. Um, and I, I don't, I don't mean to phrase this as like an attack against Zach Braff. I'm just, I, I, I just feel like every shot of this film, even the things that are like, you know, composed well, it's like, why there, there's no, there's no reason this film should have, uh, him running around in spacesuits and a little flying bot that goes around things like there, there's it's not like um, you know like if, if you guys have compared uh, it to Walter Mitty and Walter Mitty was built around having the reality of the world be fantasy that's the whole conceit of the film is this guy who escapes to his own world to process the events that he's living through um, and th- there, there, there is definitely a, a sliding scale of it going from being fantastical to being real but still fantastical in in during the course of the film but there is this through line of his imagination in at work this film doesn't feel like that it feels like it's completely tacked on it feels like uh n- no thing that he's imagining uh facilitates anything happening in the story at all to me um it it just feels like it's a bunch of tacked on things and like every single scene it's like well I just want, you know, I just want a scene where we talk about cars. Uh, the cars don't do anything. Like, like there's literally a, a scene where he, he looks at a picture of, of his dad standing next to a car that he could never afford. And he's like, you know what we'll do? The three of us, without my dad, will go out and rent a really expensive <laughs> car and drive around. It's not like they went out and rented that exact car from the picture and then picked him up and said, look... Let's go driving in this car because it's something you always dream to do. Like, which is definitely no- the precious moment I thought they were leading towards <laughs> in that scene. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, why is there not a scene of the four of them driving down the coast, eating the almond sticks or whatever, and like enjoying stuff and driving off and parking on a cliff and watching the sunset as he breathes? Or, or taking a road trip with his dad's ashes in the car yeah. and crying yeah, like, on the way to Louisiana. <laughs> it, I, I just it. it it really, I, I, I don't, like, I can't say more than that. Like, this film, they're, they're like, you know, you have a few, you know, uh, either touching or aggravating moments with Mandy Patinkin, like, at, at, towards the end of the film. But, like, those, as you said, Stephen, like, they're, no, none of those moments are earned at all. This is, like, a series of, like, little vignettes that don't really create any sort of cohesive through line and... You're sort of just watching these scenes, and you're like, "Sure, you can make your own film based on the like the message or 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 the points that are happening in these individual scenes." But there's not really any way that these are stitched together in 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 any sort of meaning meaningful or cohesive way at all. Like, there's no reason to even have uh, the rabbi or Jewish angle of this film at all. Like, there and, and I I like the worst representation of Jews ever (laughs) to to me it just like you know you were you were saying there are cliche things in this film like the whole like girl who really 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 wants to be Jewish and can't do anything that's like you know you you know 
I don't know. Just it 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 felt it felt like worse than than like the terrible Christian girl that they put in every movie. This this is like even worse, making them like oh, but no, we're we're gonna take that Christian girl the character and we're gonna make her Jewish. And it's gonna be really crazy, but it'll also be funny because Jewish people are funny and rabbis can laugh at cat videos. Like it just, I don't know. Like every it, it, it was funny to me how um how none of the Jewish people believed anything about their religion. <laughs> like like that yeah. the scene with him talking to the rabbi immediately he basically said like, yeah, God is whatever you want. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It was a strange, strange representation of religion. And it, it didn't. It definitely didn't fare well against the like serious man comparison that it lent itself. Yeah, yeah, and and also like technically, you could you can make the argument that um, uh, because Zach Braff right before he the 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 you know Jewish dude gave him that line right before that he said hey and don't you tell me God works in mysterious ways don't give me that line because whatever so he essentially reworded that line to be like well. You know, instead of God works in mysterious ways, well, God can be anything you want. And you could say that that's not like literally God can be, you know, my sunglasses right here that I just picked up. Um, he could just mean that like that exact phrase that like he works in mysterious ways. So I, I <clears throat> that's the thing is you can't even look at this film and read that uh, that Zach Braff is saying that the Jewish religion is just a bunch of crap. Like, <laughs> like you can't even make that argument. It just it feels too weak to make it even feel like he's making that point in the film. It's just that, like, oh, the characters reacted that way because it sounded funny to me when I wrote that down or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he kind of pulled back on everything, right? He he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't think this is the answer. When his kids ask, he says, I don't know, maybe. No, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just... And that was kind of the whole movie, was I'm not, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and why, why, if he is... If he is not Jewish, or like he he's not a practice, like why why does his kids have to go to this private Jewish school? Other than the fact that his dad was paying for it, like it there's there he doesn't care that they're there because he doesn't believe any of it. So like was his dad making them go there because he was paying for it? And like why was he against public school? Like it just seems like he took a bunch of post-it notes and wrote down character traits and then like threw them on the floor and was like okay my character and then grabbed five cards and was like okay that that is what my character is based on and uh my wife character okay uh grab five cards and then this is what her character is based off of like it, it just i don't know well i mean he did explain why he didn't want to put his kids in public school because there was something to do with he got bullied or whatever that was his uh yeah he was bullied as a kid yeah. and and he they did make it explicit too that his dad would pay for the school if he got to choose where they would go and therefore, his dad chose the Jewish school because his dad is Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, but if he would have put them in public school, his dad wouldn't have had to pay for it. So his dad wouldn't have had to choose where they went. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just one of those things where if you if you go back, if you take one step back from any decision in this film, you realize that that decision before has no motive or rhyme or reason. Well, I uh, I think, uh, you know, Chris is being a real hater and... Uh, he sees i i don't that's that's what i'm saying like there's a lot of this type of hate for this movie online and it's like okay that's fine you can go attack this film uh for however you want i mean it just is weird to to really go after this movie when 
I've seen so much worse. Like there is way worse out there uh, within the genre. I feel, uh, and then you know there are other things that that get highly praised. That it's puzzling to me why you know it was definitely no worse than Spanglish. <laughs> I, can I mean, give it, I'll give it that. But but I feel like that there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, I feel like something you know. I feel like there's a lot more bad schmaltz out there. Than, than this movie. You could do a lot worse. And uh, that's why I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes anymore because if I see something with a 90%, I'm questioning its value. And if I see something with below a 40, I'm like, could be good. So I don't know. It's, it's just, it's weird because I've seen way, way more and that's just completely worse. And I don't know, maybe I've just gotten to the point where I'm I'm glad to have a movie that you know is at least character driven and and has you know characters that are likable and and are interesting to watch and and uh, so I guess my problem is I don't know that it was character driven. Yeah, I think I, it I, was I, like quip driven or like one liner driven. I think it was I, totally it, character driven. So what are you saying? There's an arc that any character goes on. I mean, they don't need to have arcs. I mean, to 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 keep you going in the story. Like, I I, well, d- I don't d- think define, that's exactly define character. You you just mean that there's not big action set pieces. I mean, there's not a complete. It's the plot is completely driven by the characters. I mean, there's no like, yeah, it's not like where I feel like Walter Mitty. You know, it, there's more of like, oh well, I guess that's also basically character driven too, but. There's like Steven said, there's more of like the flights of fan- fantasy as well, but 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 like with, with with Walter Mitty, I mean, I think we all we all enjoyed Walter Mitty, and I think personally for me, my main complaint was that it didn't reach the levels to which I expected from it. Like it was it was cute, it was heartfelt, it uh, you know, it gave you a little bit of that warm feeling, but I expected some like grandiose like statement on life and you know, what Walter was going through and why he had to escape to these, like, flights of fancy. And instead, I just got, like, a nice, warm, cute, pretty heartfelt uh, film that was entertaining. Um, right, but this, that's sometimes this, that's all you need. I mean... No, 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 it, it is. But I'm saying that's why that's why my criticisms of that film, all I could say was, was no, it, it was a great effort and it, it was enjoyable and I liked it, but it didn't do enough. Like, this this movie, like, honestly, was, like, pretty groan-worthy, um... It was one of those things where, like, when I when I actually genuinely laughed at something, I, I I was in that like embarrassed laughter of like I can't believe I'm finally laughing at something in this movie. Uh, it was just I don't know. It was something about it, and and, and yeah, like, uh, you know, like honestly, there there are two characters in this film that that I found not even I wouldn't even call them interesting, but like. Uh, so obviously Mandy Patinkin, like, but he's he's sort of the villain character as as far as relation relationships go. Like he is the you know um, overbearing father character, and uh, but like I thought he did a fine job, even though like sometimes he's like extra evil for no like even evil people don't make some of the evil statements that he makes in this film, like just flat out in front of everybody, like just to say it. It's more like usually snide underhand comments of just like when you're alone with somebody, like, you are a disappointment to me, as opposed to, like, hey, everybody in this room, I'm going to tell you all how you're all disappointed. My son is a disappointment to me. Yeah, um, and, and then, honestly, like, his, his little son, uh, I thought was great, because, like, I know kids that are exactly like that kid, 
Um, so like that that kid was the only person who really felt authentic in the film, not because he's the world's best actor or because his lines of dialogue were, were perfect, but, but just because like he was like the little kid that was just like uh, like oh you know I'm gonna go make a brown. Nope, I just wanted to shoot the triangle. Like just I like I know people like that little kids like that. So so to me he felt like the only real character in the film and everybody else felt like some sort of weird archetype of some character in Zach Braff's head. The little kid from Looper, by the way. Uh, That's right. I, I think he's... I thought the kids were both really good. I didn't think they were, like, precocious, annoying children or anything like that. Yeah, I I, <clears throat> I, I like the kids, except for the Josh Gad phone call scene. They were, <laughs> they were fine. Oh... I also think the movie, uh, I think it looks really good, too. Most movies set in L.A. look all the same. Um, I, I'm i glad this movie looks at least like real life. Uh, also, I, I just think that overall, like, I, I went back to the Kickstarter page just now to check what the what the budget was. So he got, like, $3 million. He raised $3 million for this movie. And uh, I think it looks great for a $3 million movie. Like, I, I also thought the the CG that he had for like his suit and that little drone thing flying around. I mean, I, I thought, I thought that that to me looked better than those fake apes, but, uh, <laughs> you're full of shit. You're full of shit. I, I'm not full of shit. You, you, uh, you cannot honestly make the statement. Like we were civil during apes, but now I'm getting pissed <laughs> off. Like really, you think that that flying bot looked like it was actually present in the world compared to I didn't any say, scene I didn't say it looked apes? present in the world, but at least kids, it kids, was believable. This isn't the Planet of the Apes review. No, I'm not saying <laughs> it is. I'm just saying that, like, for $3 million, it looked pretty good. Like, Well, when you have one effect shot in your entire movie, you know, you can take all the time you need to make that shot look good. I At least they made it look good. I mean, I'll also say something else that'll probably piss you off. I thought this movie looked better than the Veronica Mars movie, too, and that movie had, like, $6 million up its sleeve. It was also the movie adaptation of a television show. But, yeah, but it didn't look like a movie, and it didn't really... You know what I mean? Like, at least it should feel like a film. Well, this is also coming from a guy who didn't watch the show, so... I didn't watch the show, but at least, like, as a movie, it should engage me, you know... Well, see, like even not when, having when seen you, the characters when you, when you make like, OK, so like, let's say that I went and said like, oh, I thought the Serenity movie was really stupid. Yeah. And you're like, well, did you watch Firefly? And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't watch Firefly. Well, I my mean, opinion, my opinion doesn't really matter because there's not a real reason for me to see Serenity if I didn't watch Fi- Firefly. I mean, um, you could not you could dislike Serenity without having seen Firefly, but yeah, yeah, but I, I would can't, say that I you can't. could you could go back and watch Firefly to get like a a greater sense of the characters, but you could still dislike it as a movie because it didn't work as a film, and that's why I think like I, I feel like if I went back and watched Veronica Mars, I would have a greater understanding of the characters. But if I and then when I saw the movie, I would have felt gypped because it didn't like live up to you know me wanting the characters to return you know what i'm saying like yeah, I, yeah, but it, it didn't if, make if me somebody... want to go back it didn't make me want to go back and 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 watch the tv series like that's what a movie should do like yeah, but based the, on the, a show the, the difference though is that like so let's say that uh somebody decided to kickstart a uh battlestar galactica film right right if if the effects in battle the battlestar galactica film aren't on par with like star trek into darkness and the, the you know the uh, regular star trek the new one like I, I'm not going to look at that and go like, oh, man, the effects in this movie were shitty. I'm going to go, oh, 
they were definitely a step up from what the show was, but it's not about that. It's, it's not about looking like the craziest cinematic work you've ever seen in the world. It's about representing, like bringing back a film that has been off the air, or a television show that's been off the air for a long ass time and turning to, it into a movie to give the fans of the show one last time. Yeah, to be fair though, you, he, he's just grounding what he did with the budget, I think, right. in his comparison. I mean, that's what I, th- I, I, I think don't he think did more with a, the money. Veronica Mars hate. No, I don't. Episode. I don't. I just think that like that was a comparison because they were both kickstarted at the same time, around the same time. So what, one thing I'm curious about. So Chris, were you a fan of Scrubs or no? I I watched it and I enjoyed it, but it was I was not. I would not put myself in the group of fans. Like when people, you were like an emotional, emotionally attached fan of the show. I mean. Yeah, because if I'm, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't it like, like switch time slots like constantly and like go off the air and on the air? Yeah, 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 they think, yeah. Yeah, I think I never knew when, when it was aired, so I only caught it when it was on, um, and I, I watched it and enjoyed it and had some fun, but I've never watched a multi-episode arc, um, Mm -hmm. I've only seen episodes of it. Okay, because I do think, uh... I think if you were a fan of that show, at least, you your tolerance for kind of cliched deathbed conversations and characters that, like, couldn't be that developed because they only have 20 minutes and half of it has to be Dr. Cox insulting JD. Um, <laughs> in, like, I think in short bursts like that, the show managed to be fairly endearing, or at least I really liked it. Um, and I think that maybe tempers my annoyance at the fact that these characters aren't that developed and that the the emotional beats in this movie aren't that high because I can kind of I, I can feel what he was going for and, and I like I, I don't know I, I like him enough to want to be feeling what he's feeling so I yeah. guess like I, I I can see it as being a pretty like flaccid movie like a movie that didn't do very much but I can't hate him for it, I don't think. Or I really can't hate the movie that much, if only because I like his vision too much. And and what is his vision in this movie? <laughs> not uh, okay, not not his vision. I like I like his sensibility Just too his, much. His style of emotion and presenting information. Yeah, his his style of presenting emotion is is very earnest, usually to the point of being groan-worthy. Yeah. Uh, and I think this was maybe just too high a dose of it, but I don't, I don't fault him for the direction. Like this is the kind of thing that he always does, and it's probably what the fans would have wanted, just not cranked, not cranked up to the point where like every five minutes something like this is happening. Yeah, well, I I think what it comes down for me, and if I like, I'm just trying to like distill down my thoughts into a more general statement. I guess I feel like the. Like, this film starts with a, with a base story arc, you know, like, just, you know, the actor, the guy, finds out information about his dad and how he's going to deal with that. Uh, and, and that's kind of the premise. And it feels like there's all this, like, quote-unquote indie stuff tacked on top of that to make this feel like a, a indie movie. Um, but none of that stuff feels like it adds anything to the story or anything to my... Uh, I, 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 it's, it's like these things are in there because the director likes those things to be there, not because they help or add anything to the characters in any way. And 
I think for me, that's the most frustrating part. Like, uh, you know, like, like I said, them going to rent that car, like, what does that scene, like, even the whole conceit of taking the swear jar and running around doing things, like, what are they even doing? Like, there's, there is no, I I don't even know what it's supposed to mean or what it's supposed to be because it, it just, it's the laziest thing ever. It's, it's like, oh, I had this idea that we have a swear jar and then now I'll go out and spend it on stuff. And they're, they're you know, they're, when they go in to get like the, the almond crisp, whatever, ice cream sandwich crap, like when they go into the store to do that, there's something that happens in the store that causes him to drop the swear jar. And you know what they do as soon as he gets up? They leave and they don't pick up the money. They just leave the swear jar in the store. <laughs> and they still buy the ice cream. Yeah, they still buy the ice cream somehow. And then they run off. And, like, the first thing I thought was, like, you, your swear jar just shattered in the middle of a floor in a supermarket. <laughs> yeah, it, no, so I can... I, I, thought, I, can I thought the same thing, too, but, you know, it's also a movie. No, but I can, <laughs> I, I can definitely back that. Like, this, this movie, he's had the script for, like, ten years or something. They, he wrote it right after Garden State with his brother. Or maybe even before Garden State. This was, like, his inception like the movie that he's been wanting to make wanting to make for a long time um and it is a little weird because when you look at regardless of how the movie looked which all all grant carson that it's a very competent looking movie like it's filmed nicely um the story like things definitely happen and they don't build up in a clever way or relate to each other or push the characters or push any, there's not really a thread that hangs them together. And it's a little weird considering the movie, like the script, the thread is the only thing he had for a decade when he was shopping this around. Like you, you would think someone (laughs) would have pushed him, you know, when he was having trouble getting this funded, Hey, maybe you need to wrap this up a little neater or like maybe maybe the swear jar should represent something or when it breaks, maybe that should have an impact on the movie somehow, or at least like symbolically represent. Maybe, maybe you should be trying to say something. It It is very funny to me that he made, he had 10 years of making this movie and he didn't tell a story <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of nice looking indie things stapled together. Yes. That is yeah. my complaint. <laughs> yeah, I find that very odd. And I do I do wonder if he had actually gone the normal funding route, if like someone would have helped him pare it down a little bit. <laughs> like if there were actually people above him to report to. Yeah. And yeah. and I'm not anti Kickstarter at all. Like I I backed this movie. But it does seem in this case like a few extra pairs of eyes to criticize would have maybe helped funnel it into a cohesive thing because i think if i i would be more okay with all the very nice cutesy moments if there was at least some kind of arc that it was following and and i don't mean character growth even i just mean like a thread that was hanging them together somehow yeah like like with the whole swear jaw thing and him deciding look we're just going to do things our own way that could be a kind of american beauty type of let's watch this character unwind and everybody you know, everybody stop being repressed and everybody do what they want to do. But they didn't really even do that. They just did a few cute things with the money. <laughs> yeah. 
And the, yeah, it's, a, it's like it, it, this. If this film was just a road trip movie and it was them just spending the swear jar, I there's a good chance that it would have meant something more than trying to insert all this stuff. It was if it was just like you know what, we're gonna go out and spend this and you know whatever. Maybe maybe like Zach Braff loses everyone in his life except for his kids, and it's just him taking the swear jar and. And going off with the kids and trying to spend a summer of actual joy having just lived through a bunch of tragedy. Like, that is, like, that would have been all you need to do to have a series of, of ridiculous vignettes of just them learning to deal with grief by going out and having fun. But instead, we get this weird, confused film that doesn't really, in my opinion, have anything to say other than, you know, God can be whatever you want. <laughs> I, I guess. I think he definitely tried to cram too much into it. Like, there's the grief element and the marriage element, or at least they don't really flesh that out, but it's at least uh, made explicit a few times that something isn't great in that. Um, And there's him trying to find a job, that element. I, I don't know. There were too many things that were trying to drive the crisis at the same time. And because it wasn't clear what, the problem was the resolution or bunch of resolutions didn't really feel like they meant anything. <laughs> yeah. Carson's awfully quiet over there. I, on? you know, I'm just letting the haters talk. So no, no. So I am wondering though, cause I, cause I actually agree with you that I think it, it looks nice for the budget and I don't, I didn't hate, hate this movie. I just felt like it was, uh, didn't do very much. No. Did, did you actually feel like the, the scenes held together or made sense or you just uh you like the craft of making it enough that you can just kind of forgive a weak weak script well and i and i say that jokingly i mean i think that there isn't a whole lot i can say obviously to convince uh otherwise but um i i do think that there is a lot going on in the film it didn't feel like to me that he was trying to cram too much in and like i said um it's i think that the last half of the movie is not as strong as the first half but um i do think that um i don't know what i was gonna say uh uh i think that overall though i don't even know if he was trying to go for uh, a lot of these things having, you know, certain subtexts. Like, I, I think that a lot of the stuff just plays, you know, and, and I don't even know if it, it even, even he wanted it to rehab some kind of meaning or anything, uh, like with the swear jar or, you know, it breaking and him leaving. That was obviously just a, a bad editing choice. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't... Sometimes it's like, sometimes in life, you know things just happen and and i don't know if it you know what does it all mean like what is like it's almost like trying to put meaning into a movie like clerks or something like i I just don't think that you know i think that movie is just it is what it is like it's it's these guys lives these guys lives you know yeah but if if clerks had been edited so the soundtrack made it feel like epiphanies were happening every few minutes i would kind of i would probably be annoyed at clerks for not uh yeah not having anything to say after it just quieted the room and said hey everybody i have something to say but i don't think you know like clerks was very much you know a kevin smith film and i think in a zach braff film you're gonna get 
those kind of of musical moments, you know, wh- regardless of whether or not, you know, they're they're meant to be an epiphany moment or not. Like I think that uh I don't know, I think that's just that's just his style for better or worse and um yes, there were definitely moments in the film that I think, you know, were meant to for him to be having an epiphany, but uh other times I don't I don't think so. I think it was just supposed to be I think it was just supposed to play how it was. Like, I don't think there was supposed to be anything behind it, but... Well, it it does make you wonder, though, like, just because of how long he's been sitting on this and because of the the way he went about getting it made, I mean, this this is a, you know, passion and or vanity project for him. Right. So he definitely... So either he literally is the character in the film and he just hasn't been getting work and needed to give himself something to have work or he really believes in something in this film. And, you know, if if he just need if he's trying to dust off the cobwebs by, you know, acting, directing, whatever again, then then I, I then maybe I can be a little more lenient because he's he's like literally just like, look, I'm out of practice. I just needed to make something. To, to, to get back into this because I really like being in films and doing film so that this is this is what I did. Um, but if this is really something that he stands behind is like, no, like I think this is like big and then it then then it, it's like, well, what do you think that you brought to the table that is that that equates to what you're saying this film is supposed to be? Right. I mean I think that I think it's definitely a little bit of both. Um and of him, you know, having it be a passion project and also it might also be, you know, wanting to direct again. Um, but I agree. I don't think it's as as unique or as striking as Garden State. I don't think it'll have that lasting effect. Um, but I don't know for sure if that's what he was going for. Um, and honestly, you know, we don't know because... He would have to obviously say, you know, if I mean, if that's where if that's if those were her intent, his intentions, then he obviously failed. But uh, I don't know if they were or not. Like, I, I feel like s- watching the movie, um, I didn't get a sense of, you know, boredom or anything. Uh, and I mean, you know, movies are all subjective. Uh, but I know that when I go see a movie, especially one that I'm excited to see, and it's just not working at all. Um, I know that there's like a huge, just like, there's a huge strain, you know, there's a, there's, it's an uphill battle of like, I, I really want to like it, but it's just pushing me down. And I didn't get that feeling near this movie. Like I, I, I didn't at all. Like, so I, you know, sincerely thought that it was enjoyable. And uh, usually I am on the other side of the fence. Like I'm usually in, Chris's stance and Chris is usually in my position um you know obviously he was saying that you know you took on my persona for this film uh <laughs> I am I I get that's that's my character trait on this show I'm painted as the villain almost because I have the opposing opinion but uh I, I mean that's just I don't know like I mean some people just think I'm trolling I'm not saying you guys but like other people I talk to you know, think that like, oh, just because I didn't like this movie or liked this movie, you know, I'm, I'm just trolling people. But it's just like, I, why would I, you know, fake? 
Why would I say like, yes, I honestly dislike <laughs> apes and go through so much to say how much I, you know, dislike them. Because uh, Armand White was fired. <laughs> and you need to, like, <laughs> you need to get that sweet, sweet Armand money. Armand White, uh, ultimate troller. He's been trolling forever. Uh, yeah, but you know, like, I mean, I don't mean to take on that contrarian opinion, but uh, I, I kind of, I don't know. I think over the years... I've sort of gotten into that mode. Like I know that the uh, the critic who used to review for the San Diego Un- Union Tribune, David Elliott, like he was definitely on the uh, Armand White contrarian uh, spectrum side. Like he he would review movies, and I'd I'd read them, and be like, "What? He didn't like this? Like this guy's crazy," you know. Uh, and then he would like certain movies, and I was like, "That was bad." And now I see where he's coming from after all these years. You know, like I'm like, "Oh, I actually." actually know why David Elliott didn't like, you know, these certain things. Cause like, I guess he was just as, I don't know. Like he was just at that point where he's just like, I've, I've seen all these things and I don't like that or whatever. I don't know. Like I, I kind of sympathize with him more now because I, 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 I've seen a lot more and I'm more aware now of, of certain movies. So like, I, I can definitely see like where he's coming from. So I don't know. Like, it's just like a whole thing. And, now we're not even talking about Wish I Was Here. But I think that, uh, like I said, it's not a perfect movie for sure. But I don't think that it deserves quite as much as the hate that it's getting. But but I, I know also that, like, you know, over time, you know, as we watch all our films, we, we do build up our, our filmic personalities. And, I, I you know, I think that, like, you know, listeners to the show can probably... Um, if, if, if they've seen a film, they can probably guess based on the content of the film, you know, what, uh, you know, Carson and my opinions, um, are going to be about. And Steven will be on the fence. Yes. <laughs> Steven's the wild card. Sometimes he can be on one side or the other, or he'd just be literally on the fence. Yeah. Like you said. Um, but I mean, literally on the fence, we, we definitely build those up and, and, um, that, that is part of who we are. Um, you know, my, my distest for this film is because I should like it. it right. It, it fits yeah. into the wheelhouse of like, like you guys know that I'm a sucker for heartstringsy, pulley little like sappy things. Like I'm, I'm a huge sucker for it. Uh, and and this film has those. There, there's there's moments in this film that I I did get emotional um, as I was supposed to. But at the same time, I was just kind of like, just not feeling. And it, you know, it, it feels kind of like, feels kind of like a, uh, like Lego released this crazy Lego spaceship. And all the pieces on it individually are like, that is a badass Lego piece. Like, who, th- I'm glad somebody invented to to create this piece that could go on the ship. But then when I look at the built ship, I just go, that wouldn't fly. And, like, the missiles just point at the wings. So if they fired, they just explode the point. Like, I'm looking at the construction and the individual pieces that were used are things that I should be like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. But then when I look at, like... As I look at the, how those pieces connect to the other things, none of it makes sense to me. I'm just like at a loss for words, which is probably the correct statement because I've been talking a lot. But uh, yeah, and and I think I think that is probably the problem is the movie was targeted at you and and me <laughs> at, at all. I mean, of I, us. I, I almost always white males. <laughs> I almost always veer on the sappy side with movies too. I actually just had a very sad incident i was on the train to vienna the same train and i let my friend borrow my laptop and watch before sunrise and he hated it he, he thought it was like i would i would have kicked his ass off the train <laughs> but 
anyway, as as a fan of the sap when done well, then I feel like maybe you recognize when it doesn't feel sincere or it doesn't feel earned. Yeah. And respond more angrily than a person who isn't always like on the sappy side of the fence and mm. can see like a pretty decently made movie and forgive it for the fact that the message it was sending was very sloppy or not even not even there at all yeah i mean like i would actually i would have been fine with a meandering movie to a yeah a, this is 40 type thing if he was trying to communicate look life doesn't make sense blah 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 that would be fine it's just you can't communicate a meandering movie when there's a deathbed scene and another deathbed scene and people crying and people calling each other crying and yeah. reconciliation after like you can't have it both ways you can't you can't have a melodrama and then have the conclusion be, eh, I don't know. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you, you either you either embrace the drama and make there be a big point for it all, or you don't, you know, you let the film... He could have let the film be in the little moments without stapling it together with death and marriage and unfulfilled i i don't know it well i do i I see what you're saying like i think that uh i think this is 40 another film that was uneven but i also liked i mean i think that and i liked it purely because you know it was kind of trying to take a a, like this is life kind of statement and there really wasn't you know a whole lot to it uh and and i don't think it was aspiring to be that way uh other than just like this is a slice of life of these of this of this uh this family and and i think this is 40 benefited from a longer running time and maybe wish i was here if it was if it was longer it might have had more time to you know expand upon these things um which is why you know people criticize judd apatow for having like two hour and 15 minute plus running times on his comedies but like i enjoy that like i think that you know it gives you more time to spend with the characters and you're Mm -hmm. you know you are engaging with them more and you can you know get behind them more and and i think that maybe that this movie could have used that maybe it could have used a little more of that i definitely think this is 40 and in general judd apatow's post knocked up type of movie those are stronger than this because they embrace the fact that they're going to meander a little bit like they don't yeah they yeah. don't look at the camera and tell you this is a heartfelt moment coming up. Get ready for it. Right, yeah. Um, I feel like if you are going to do that... For instance, another movie which I loved and I'm pretty sure everyone here loved or at least liked quite a bit, Short Term 12. Also, yeah. every 10 minutes, some massive thing happens in that movie. And But because it did have something to say and something to put the characters through... and was just way better made also <laughs> but um, because because it had a point of view i didn't mind that every few minutes it was making something massive happen again it, i think it's just the fact that this movie didn't meander but then none of the pieces were strung together it was definitely frustrating it made me wonder like what was he thinking with 10 years of shopping this around D- hasn't he seen other movies like he, kn- he knows that there's supposed to be <laughs> He knows yeah. that if you show something meaningful, there should be a callback for it later, probably. And if the character is going to have flaws that get resolved, something should convince him of that, not not just slow mo. <laughs> like in real life, he doesn't get the slow mo. That can't be a thing. <laughs> that yeah. can't be a thing that changes him. 
Well, I think you you offhandedly or jokingly referenced uh, Elizabethtown, and I think yeah. that that film uh, is uh, a good example of a movie that is is similar to this and fails, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, fails yeah, very very hard, <laughs> especially like for Cameron Crowe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can agree. It's like Elizabethtown. He, but at least in Elizabethtown, even though I'm not a big fan of that movie and I don't think it really had a lot to say, you still do, f- you feel the grieving process a little bit and then the, the catharsis. I, there, I don't there's know. This a little, movie didn't yeah, there's even a commit little, to that. There's a little more, like you said, time spent meandering with, uh, mm. the characters, but there's just a lot of super, super uneven, you know, going back from just like wacky slapstick to, okay, now Orlando Bloom's crying. Both movies definitely felt like they were optimizing for let's have scenes that could be cut together in an indie movie trailer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like this was the this was the worst offender to me. Elizabethtown, I at least remember what happened. I feel like this movie, I won't remember what happened after <laughs> no, a few nothing days. Nothing happened, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm 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 willing to not have anything left to say about this film. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> oh, I will I will mention by the way that if you were if you did watch Scrubs, you would notice that almost everyone in this movie has been a patient on Scrubs before. <laughs> nice. Like so many secondary characters. I was there like, are a lot oh, of that guy. He had cancer. Right. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and of course. Chris Turk and uh, of course Chocolate Bear, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that was the one that I recognized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Jerry, Jerry, the uh, the coworker of Kate Hudson, he was definitely in the mo- in. Scrubs. Yeah, he was in Scrubs. a couple episodes. Well, he I was think also he was, a uh, he was also in Garden State as the the uh, the cop. Yeah, yeah, and he was right. in the last kiss as yeah. the guy who is going through divorce. I think. Yeah. And Jim Parsons, of course, was uh, in Garden State as uh, mm-hmm. the knight, or the yeah. yeah, he worked at Medieval yeah. Times. And the rabbi, the rabbi was definitely in Scrubs, and I believe he was in Garden State. I'm, I'm not positive. I don't remember. Yeah, the, the young rabbi, not the old one. Oh, the young guy. Yeah, I don't remember who he played, but probably. Yeah. Anyway, it's ni- neither here nor there. But that that was one fun thing about watching it is seeing how Zach Braff knows all these people. <laughs> yeah. Was he was he the dude that invented the silent velcro? Oh, he might have been. Oh, uh, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, that might have that was probably him. I like pictured him as you were saying he might have also been in Garden State. That's probably where he was. Yeah, he's probably that guy. All right. Well, uh there you have it. Lots of connections in this film. Um just none of them in the story or the emotions. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I kid, I kid, I kid, sort of. Um, but yeah, so why don't we say let's get to our verdicts for this episode, guys. So Carson, if you were going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I would give it a recommend with a caveat. Like I, I feel like if you have some af- affinity toward Garden State or to Scrubs or to Zach Braff in any sort of way, um, I don't know. I think it, it could vary. Like, uh, you know, you could go in and, and enjoy it like I did. Uh, you know, for all of its flaws, you could still enjoy it. Or you could go in and just uh, viscerally hate it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's 
Maybe that's the beauty of this film. Um, <laughs> uh, God, I hate that. It, it's like unsung meanings for every lyric. <laughs> it, the beauty is you don't know what it means. But I mean, that's why thrice <laughs> is the most. <laughs> I, I wanted band. people to be able to insert their own meanings into this film and identify with different characters. It's the beauty, the beauty of Hey There, Delilah is nobody, nobody knows who Delilah is. <laughs> <laughs> I but I mean, I didn't back the project, uh, but. Obviously, we know Zach Braff. This is a spoiler warning. So Zach Braff. <laughs> well, he did before I started. Uh, <laughs> I I got I got Zach Braff's back on this movie though. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a recommend. Also, I'm sure I offended like all of the Veronica Mars fan base. I didn't mean to, but uh, I did not like the Veronica Mars movie. And I will say, never seen an episode of the X Files, but the X Files movie is awesome. So that's a comparison that's uh, that I can say, you know. Now, now, are you talking about Fight the Future, or are you talking about the newest the X-Files first movie? the first movie, Fight the Future? Not I want to believe. I want to believe wasn't as good, but uh. Well, I, I want to believe is is basically just a movie version of right. an episode of the show, and right. Fight the Future is a standalone, possible to watch to possibly get people interested. Like it's. But I was just yeah. saying, as as someone, you know, I think it's still possible for someone who hasn't seen a TV series to enjoy the film version of it. Yeah. Um, like, the X-Files movie made me want to go back and watch the X-Files show, even though I didn't. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it got me interested. Like, I like the characters, for sure. And uh, I don't know, like, I just, Veronica Mars didn't, the movie didn't do that for me, so. Yeah. Anyway. Steven. Um, yeah, so I guess, Zach, I also have your back in the way that matters because I gave you a good deal of money. <laughs> <laughs> and as your friend who lent you money for this, um, I appreciate where your heart was in, but I definitely don't think it was a good movie. <laughs> I, I don't think it had much to say. And if you want to see something that meanders about life, you should probably watch Boyhood like 20 times instead of watching this movie. Um, <laughs> so with, with that said, I don't think I hated it as vehemently as Chris. And I think people who are fans of Zach Braff's sensibility and are ready to have warm and fuzzies kind of thrown at them a lot might, might not dislike it. Like you might feel what he was going for and be happy that he got to express himself in the very uncool way that is Zach Braff. Um, uncool and sincere even if his sincere emotions are like bumper stickers um so with the, I'll, I'll give it a pass with a caveat i i do think some people will like this movie and i think if you're in an audience where the fans are happy about it probably you could vibe off of them a lot and the cheap feeling scenes won't feel that cheap um but for most people i don't think it's really worth watching and it probably doesn't fare better as a rental. I think you'll still be frustrated by it. Well, uh, well, Zach, um, unfortunately, I don't have your back like my two cohorts here. Um, and, you know, I, I, I tried to start with this by saying, like, I don't mean this as like a straight attack at you. But like, that's sort of how it came out, because uh, that's just the nature of the conversation of this film for me. Um, but let's face it. Um, you know, I'm one of the hosts of an amateur podcast that's unsponsored and probably is never going to receive money from anybody. So what does my opinion matter? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's a must avoid just because, um, 
Yeah, it, it was, but I'll, I'll give you this much credit. Um, it was probably better than if we would have gone and seen the Purge Anarchy. So. That's that's very true, yes. <laughs> so there, We there can all be that. happy about that. Yeah. And yeah, if, if I am to trust Rotten Tomatoes, it's probably no worse than if we had gone to see the sex tape. Right, sex so, tape too, yeah. Yeah. Which was another movie that people were frustrated by because it didn't commit to being raunchy or to being meaningful or yeah. having a story to tell. I also yeah. heard that one was flaccid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I will say uh, this too that you know though your your film did have references to to Twitter in it, at least you didn't have to go do jokes about the cloud and how nobody understands the cloud. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, you know, like in, in, in another year, there won't be anything but the cloud and nobody will think clouds are, are jokes are funny, but Twitter will still be a thing. So at least you pick the right technology <laughs> present thing to use. In your film. At least it didn't feel shoehorned in. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like making a joke about like, you store that on a hard drive? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean you post on live journal? <laughs> I, I don't know which movie you're referring to here, but if you're talking about Chef, I actually thought that was a well, a pretty decent use of Twitter. Yeah, like Chef was really I was, good. I was talking about Sex Tape in the previous. Oh, okay. they're yeah, like, the Sex Tape. Nobody understands oh, right, the cloud. Right. Yeah, they, they're always making references to the cloud. Yeah, the whole joke of that film is that you know they film the sex tape and then the cloud automatically sends it up and yeah, then and shares it, it with everybody oh, in the cloud. Context. Yeah, and then like they don't know how to, they don't understand the cloud, and that's supposedly funny. That cloud. Yeah. It, it's one of the, uh, like, I, I mentioned this, I think, on the last episode, or maybe the episode before, where, uh, you know, we were talking about movies that get technology wrong, like when the, you see, like, an iPhone interface and it's, like, completely the wrong thing. Um, I feel like sex tape is going to be like that. And I mentioned Chef. I thought Chef, for all the, like, technology in it, like, got it, everything completely right. Like, it looks actually like they're on Twitter or Vine, or whatever, and, like, it, mm-hmm. it felt like it was, you know, it's like, yeah, these people are living in 2014, and they're using this technology, um, so that's why I thought that was a, Chef was a really good example of that. I, was, I do, I also want to take a minute to talk to my friend Josh Gad. Uh, you had a good run with Book of Mormon, and I don't think you've been in any good movies yet. Hey, man, Sorry, I think... hey, man, he was in Frozen, okay? Yeah. Oh, he was in Frozen? Okay, I didn't <laughs> he vo- know that. He voiced the snowman. He snowman. He's a snowman. I, I just feel like all the movies I've seen him in, like the uh, the Jobs movie and that one about sex addiction, and now oh, this. Oh, yeah, like, those were bad. His characters really don't don't go anywhere. Hey, man, yeah. The Wedding Ringer. Aren't you, aren't you excited hold, for that? <laughs> hold yourself to a higher standard, Josh. You can and, you can do better. And also, speaking of both his character and getting technology right or not getting technology right... Um, I know he was supposed to be a genius, but I just have a feeling, just a feeling, that from those garbage parts he used to build a spaceman suit, he didn't build the, build the spaceman suit with uh, touch capacitive gloves. So how did he answer the phone when he got called while he was <laughs> having sex uh-huh. with the furry? That's really, that was the biggest problem in this movie. They, they, <laughs> they really needed to explain that. I mean, I was so lost. I, I, I'm just saying, just saying. Well, maybe since he was, maybe he just did it. We just didn't see him do it. We didn't see him like when he, when all of his, you know, his like beautiful mind esque, you know, ideas popped up. That one didn't pop up. I, yeah. w- I was also sad that uh, when the girl got her hair cut and they made the obligatory uh, Senato Connor reference, they yeah. didn't go Natalie Portman <laughs> instead, which would be a nice homage. That would have been a State. good, yeah. Like you yeah. would like Natalie Portman and V for Vendetta. That that would have made much more sense. 
Oh well, missed opportunity. We got to kickstart the remake right now. <laughs> Reboot it. Reboot. Wish we were here. Yeah. Then th- <laughs> then Zach can get our backs and donate two hundred dollars. Right. Wish, exactly. Wish we'd been you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we yeah. are ending on that note because all right that's okay. amazing so carson if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that uh you can find me uh sitting alone in a dark trailer on twitter uh except not you can go on a <laughs> telling rise of the apes to eat a bag of dicks <laughs> yeah i'd be like uh fake andy circus the the um yeah, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. It's never updated, so enjoy. Steven. You can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. You can follow us on twitter.com slash spoilerwarning to figure out when the episodes go live or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our website in the contact section. Or you can uh, send us a voicemail to, or call us, leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from something that was played during the course of this film. And uh, A Bon song, probably. Hey man, that that Shin song over the credits, I guess like that was made exclusively for this film. Yeah, there was another one too where someone said "Wish I Was Here" in the song, and I don't yeah. know what it was. Well, I mean, the Shins owe him, so. <laughs> but th- there were at least a few like Justin Vernon Bonavair things going on there. Yeah. Yeah, there were. There anyway. Was, uh, no, I'm not, I don't want to get back into it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and but, obvious child, this is. This yeah, is not they played the best ob- movie that has had obvious. Child they played the obvious child song. Yeah. yeah, obvious child, obviously much better film, but yeah, yeah. obviously, oh, well. child, please. <laughs> Anyways, thank you On guys for note. joining me. Thanks for having us. Yes, and we we will see everybody next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>